What's up, everybody? It's Thursday on WHPK at noon, which means you are now rocking with Ergo Radio. I am Damon. I'm Daniel. I've uh, been gone for a couple Welcome weeks. Welcome back, bro. Did I uh, did I miss anything in Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> a few things, man. It got it got a little tense in here, and uh, I'm sure we'll we'll figure out a way to to talk about it th- throughout the conversation. But it's it's been a uh, it's been a, a a trying but also a victorious time. I'm glad to have you back. Hope the family was good. Yeah, man. Time for some world changing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's about that time. Uh, we're gonna make sure because we always forget at the end. Um, to be intentional about having community events up top here on HBK with Ergo. Um, so tonight, I myself will be hosting an open mic at Velvet Lounge. Uh, next Thursday, the homie Rick Wilson and part of the Ergo Radio family uh, will be doing his first show at Reggie's Rock Club, so we definitely want to go out and support him at Reggie's on the 10th. Yeah, and there's all kind of good music and performance happening across the city. Um, we'll make sure to announce those things on our you know Twitter and stuff like that and give a plug, but also make sure... There's this really interesting documentary on the Black Panthers that's screening this weekend at Gene Siskel, but tonight there's a screening and a panel down on 87th at the Black World Cinema. I, I saw the movie. Uh, I spoke on a panel on it about a month ago. It's it's a dope film. I it's think easy. it's re- it's really important for people to um to know the trajectory and the histories of this resistance that we're dealing with now. Um and, and like. It kind of annoys me when people learn something from history. Like, oh, look at all the parallels. It's like obviously, <laughs> of course. But uh, but I think in seeing the differences on how they were able to galvanize people, um, especially for those who are trying to like organize, and today, uh, we can learn how much work we have to do. So I know, Dame. You know, we have two weeks of not really talking. We got a lot of stuff to catch up on. Yeah, but I just realized, like, we're here it. with the guest. Somebody here with That's us. That's what we do. We <laughs> might as well bring them in. <laughs> Um, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise at home in your car on the podcast for Bryant Cross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What up, B Cross? What up, homie? Bruh, bruh. Bruh, 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 bruh. Let's go. Rather than us uh, introing you, Bryant, you want to just give a little rundown on like what it is you do? Man, I live. <laughs> <laughs> I live. Nah, uh, you know, uh, I'm part poet, part teacher, part activist, uh, part a lot of things, you know, whatever whatever the need of my community is. That Part is, academic, I know. guess we could say, too. Yeah, right? academic, aren't too. You, aren't yeah. you working on your doctorate? Or is it master's? That's, uh, no, doctorate. doctorate you're is, your that's doctorate, future right? aspirations <laughs> right now. Yeah, but no, I've been academics a, a, a bit, um, master's degree and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, man, mostly a community man, you know what I mean? So I'm an artist, so that's just how I see myself. Yeah, I know. I've seen you around, you know, for a while now. Um, and you got to actually see me in a very rare moment uh, hosting <laughs> yeah. at, uh, at, at the Promontory. Saul Williams did a headlining great. show there. Steve Harvey over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to leave my, but, my buttons at home. I was a little bit late. But basically, I just showed up to work and they were like, well, actually, we need a host. Anyone want to step up? So uh, I got to jump on stage, intro yeah. you off my phone, not my proudest moment, <laughs> but uh, we all can learn and we all can grow. <laughs> but, you know, you killed it. And I, I was, appreciate um, that, man. Of course. And I was really impressed, kind of the, the self-possession you have on stage. And, you know, as someone who I've heard, I've read you identify as a performance poet, whatever that means, uh, you know, you were, it was a strong presence without being this like ridiculous over the top thing yeah um yeah <laughs> what are some of the like bad performance habits that drive you crazy oh you see man do? oh man okay uh when a when a poet specifically 
describes their poem for 10 minutes <laughs> before they do the poem and the poem's on like a minute and a half or two minutes that's the most annoying thing ever like just drop your piece man like just you know like that's the most annoying thing for me it's like yeah so i wrote this like when i was going through a time in my life and then they like <laughs> you know talk with the, yeah. Like the ball and stuff. yeah you don't want to get the violin just start playing you know what <laughs> well, i mean how, how about this one we're like when anybody but specifically poets like overhit the rewind oh yeah like, like, like they just said <laughs> something so dope or like they mess up and they mm-hmm. like, they like ooh rewind but here's, like, a, here's the thing I was actually was talking with uh, like so last night I was I was performing at the promontory again with, uh, Fonte from the Foreign Exchange was hosting it it was uh, uh, Blimps to Life which is his new comedy show in Chicago and yeah, it's actually yeah, really Dave Ellum and, yeah. um, and um, uh, what's his name Felonious. Felonious. Yeah. yeah, Felonious Monkey. Yeah. It, was a, it was a great lineup. I yeah. was uh, unfortunately 30,000 feet in the air, but it looked like a great oh, show. Man. It good was, artists it was and good, stuff, man. Sam Trump closed the night out. Yeah. Uh, it was Just good. Just was there too, right? Yeah, she yeah. Was Real Talk uh, was there as well. Um, so it was, it was, it was, it was a great event and. One of the things I was thinking about while we, while uh, just kind of seeing all the artists doing their thing is like how important the actual like craft of writing is to Chicago mm. uh, uh, audience you know and I'm a fan of battle rap too you know uh, yeah. I start off you know battle rapping people Uh-oh. so like, oh you want oh, these bars oh man look man. <laughs> <laughs> look man look let's go yo you know Cardigan <laughs> got too many buttons let's get it you let's rap go. like you Joe Button let's get oh it. you better go alright we better switch it up now <laughs> Steve Harvey with the flow <laughs> no, no man the battle rap like I, I, I be following it and it's like crazy like how much is like really taken over and kind of spread you know in terms of his audience mm-hmm. and I was listening to a battle rapper uh, this guy named Aver about it, based out of St. Louis and he's known for battling mm-hmm. a lot of people in New York always going to New York but he gets booed a lot so he battled <laughs> <laughs> he might want to stop going to New York <laughs> well that's actually what he stopped doing right and then he like, invited this top top battle rapper named Sue Surf to come to St. Louis and battle him and chewed him up right mm. so the guy interviewing him says like what was the difference and he said you know in the Midwest you gotta earn every single go uh a, a listening ear you know it's not and not to say like other people don't take that you know take it take it for uh uh take take advantage of it but you know in the midwest and particularly in chicago i mean like what we produce and because we don't get a lot of uh kind of like corporate love you know what i mean so a lot of artists in chicago shine because of the people that they have kind of gathered and garnered with their own art you know so mm-hmm. like we pay attention to our craft so much here and you heard it last night at the promontory again just seeing every artist like even when no one was laughing or no one was clapping like the way they was able to get that out of them yeah. still in another way from from your experience to what you're talking about like that that specific um relationship of audience to craft that yeah. is that is you know um specific to chicago what what do you think from your experience now having relationships with audiences mm-hmm. and, and creating somewhat of, of your own following um what do you think structurally like plays a part in that like why why do you think it's different whether you want to make a regional thing mm-hmm. of the midwest like you know kind of with that story mm-hmm. or or just specifically here about like how chops are developed yeah. so to speak uh, i would say vulnerability is is uh mm. like i don't know i think it's like the secret sauce you know what hmm. i mean of, of what we do because and it's and i think mostly because there's not too many platforms like you can't just walk out you know, in Chicago and go down the street and then go walk into a record, like right. a famous record label right. and then just, you know, give your demo or something, right? It's like, 
a lot of us perform in like basements of churches, you know, community right. centers, you for know, the people actually, yeah, actually it's actually for the people. And the only way you connect with people is if you are vulnerable with your own stuff. You know what I mean? So if I'm wrestling with something, I know you wrestling with it. So I'm going to say it, you know what I mean? And I'm not going to talk about an abstract concept or some idea Like I'm going to talk to you about what I'm doing or what's going on in me right now in this moment. So that vulnerability, I think, is what continually propels us forward, man. I'm also thinking about like the idea of the city as a performance culture rather than like a recording culture. Yeah, and how it starts. It starts that. on stages and even like non-traditional that was dope, stages. Man. That was dope. I like that, that. Was, that was a yeah, yeah. I was like, no, 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 write that down. <laughs> rewind, <laughs> rewind, rewind. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. No, but I think that's definitely true. And not even big stages. Like we're talking, like you said, like basements and rec rooms and and open mics. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that those being the spaces where people get their chops, not like. I spent all weekend in the booth. It's like I spent all weekend running from the. It's like a comic, basically. Yeah, yeah. In the same way, like we can do five stages in a night, you know? Yeah, yeah I, I know. I, I even speak personally. Like, I, you know, I've been kind of in and out of the studio um, since, like, I, I kind of debuted a lot of our stuff. But, like, I, I haven't released a song in going on like three years. True. But I've written and performed Everywhere. an entire <laughs> an entire catalog since then. Um, been in London and, and everything. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's like thinking about that, I never really realized that, like, that is. That is social. That is that is a, a part of how. That's not the norm, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Most people are just trying to get in the studio and brag about smoking weed in the studio all night. That's a good point. <laughs> and the internet takes a back seat to it, unlike in other mm -hmm. places. Like mm -hmm. that's like a complimentary role, but it's not where things happen. Mm -hmm. But for you, where was the first place that you got on stage and read a poem? Oh, the first place. Oh man, uh, it was college. It mm -hmm. was college. Where'd you I go? Did uh, SIU, Southern Illinois University, okay. Carbondale, Salukis, what's up? A lot of people don't make it out That's of true, SIU, man. man. It has a way of sucking you in, man. man. But I like, I had like seven friends that went there. Oh, that's true, dog. No, I don't know if none of them... I <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think none of them finished that joint. Man, <laughs> honestly, man, SIU was... I personally say like if it, it, it really fostered resiliency in me because... Carbondale, no offense to Carbondale, but it's 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 a pretty nah, racist place. You know, I mean, it's a pretty it, racist place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's people walking around with literally I'm driving one day and I see a, like a Confederate flag sprayed on the side of a semi truck. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we're just driving down, like and no one's you know, so because of that, it's not too many black spaces. We had to create our create our own. You know, that's that's where real talk and you know, shout out to T Murph and Lee England, you know, violinist, oh, you know. Where, where he yeah, went there? He went to SIU. Oh, we was, we we used to all rap together, you know, like just like in the dorm rooms, <laughs> yeah. you know, when Drake said, Where was you at? We was rapping in the bathroom. Right, right, yeah, that right. was like that situation. Yeah, I had you know? to get Drake credit for that line. Yeah, that was that was it brought me back. He was like, Ah, you, you got one, Drake. Yeah, yeah, it's like, got, Oh, you did it again. Yeah, you light skinned bar dropping <laughs> Canadian. Right? Right. But the first time was uh <laughs> now I remember uh like uh I I took is Canadian this, a I slur took, now? I don't know. I don't know, but he is, you know. I think you should at least put person at the end. Okay. Canadian person. person. Just it just person, sounds so much worse man. when you don't say person at the end. Shout out to uh all anyway. To the Canadians. <laughs> but uh so like I I remember taking this class called storytelling and I took it because I wanted an easy A. And I was like, you know, I need to raise my GPA up, so let me take this easy class. Cause I could tell some stories. That's yeah. nothing. So um, I'm sitting in the class was held in a theater space, and it was me and probably about probably twelve other students. It was it wasn't that big of a classroom, and this little like little short old white lady walked in uh, and started talking like with her body about like why stories matter and, and we should all you know tell our stories and think about our stories so she gave a homework assignment and it was you know write a creative piece 
to introduce who you are. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, that's when I first wrote like a poem, seriously. I mean, I've always wrote like raps, you know, and I've always did those acapella. Um, but I personally don't think there's even like a, a divide between rap and poetry. Yeah. I think I think rap is, you know, rap and poetry. That's when, you know, Zach, yeah. you know, like shout out to Real Talk for that. So um, so as far as when I started like spitting on stages, that was that started in high school battling. Um, but as far mm-hmm. as doing poetry for real, that was college. Where'd you go to high school? Uh, well, I got I got kicked out of high schools. I went a couple places. Uh, went to Richards in uh, Oakland, sure. and then I went to TF North in uh, Cal City. You don't have to get into it if you don't want, but I'm curious, like what what went down? Oh man, you know uh, a lot of stuff. <laughs> 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 a lot. We'll keep it there. Right. <laughs> a lot that's, of that's stuff fair. happened. Yeah. So I, I know you've um, you've been all over the place. Um, like where, both in the city and then also like around the world growing up. Um, mm-hmm. Where do you think of as where you grew up and where are some of the places you bounced around between? Oh, man. Uh, so I was born in Belgium, um, military family. So we hopped around a lot, um, California. Um, uh, but mostly it's been Chicago. Mostly it's been Southside, uh, particularly 93rd and King Drive. That's where I started. And then we went to the 100s to like 113th and Bishop. And then we went further to 125th and Ada. And so that's where most of kind of my own upbringing is at. So... I'm I'm always curious about about this, right? Because um, in this era where like so much of our art is has resistance in it, and yeah. so much of our resistance is artistic, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the people that I'm dealing with are doing work that like is directly in opposition to obviously the police state. Mm-hmm. But like to fully have that conversation. Fuck the police. You, you have to we, we we technically can't curse, but we got beef with the FCC, so we got we got uh, one out. I'm sorry. <laughs> with the cops. So I, definitely sorry. that's the one where, where we'll I'm go to nah, don't apologize. We, we not apologize for messing y'all <laughs> thing up. I, I mean what nah, I say. Nah, yeah. We I do even have to we you didn't mess us up. But with the with Critiquing the police state, right? Like the military industrial complex mm-hmm. is a direct wing or they, they are this mm-hmm. one and the same, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so like personally, I have this curiosity as like I'm I'm talking more with people who have officers in their family or yeah. who have military in their family. How how was reconciling that um that tension or were there were there things in your household that you've had to unlearn? Mm-hmm. Um, or were there things that maybe from outside of that culture mm-hmm. we may not understand um yeah. for those who like are, I am I am wholeheartedly in opposition to to, to the military industrial yeah. complex, right? Yeah. Um, so so how how was that growing up and reconciling that now as your work? Yeah, you know, I've heard you be in opposition to it. Yeah. So like Christmas dinners be interesting, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like because um, out of all the ones in my family, you know, um, you know, it's not to me of us that got locks. You know what I mean? It's not to me of us that like in the community and doing resistant art. And I have a lot of. Uh, I used to be actually tradition in my family to either join to join the military. Um, everyone has military background. A lot of a lot of my family have uh, our cops still. Um, and the last I remember the last Christmas we had a conversation about you know pick you know pick a black boy a black girl that was you know murdered by police and. What I realized is that the, the police force in the military complex is not just a structure, but it's an ideology that kind of blinds reasoning, mm. right? So they'll talk out of like their ideology, you know. Right. For example, uh, let me let me back up. I was arrested. I think it was probably about two and a half weeks ago. Yeah, was, uh, you, about two and a half weeks ago, I was arrested. Yeah. So like the cops, like so, I'm parked in front of my in front of my crib, right? 
a, like a cop car comes, like f- lights glaring, flaring, whoop, you know, pull up right beside me. They like, you ran that stop sign back there. I'm like, no, I didn't, you know, and I'm home already. So just leave me alone. <laughs> right. But they yank me out the car. Right. Throw me against, throw me against the car, uh, throw me against their car, handcuff me, you know, hands behind my back, throw me in the back seat. Now I'm uncomfortable like a mug. Right. Mm-hmm. So I move my hands from, mm-hmm. from behind me and I, you know, move in front of me. And that was a big no-no for them. So they yanked me back out the car, handcuffed me to the uh, uh, to their window, to the, you know that little cage there. Yeah. So they handcuffed me to the window, and they just started like going in on me about what you what, what are you trying, blah 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 blah. So then they say some stuff about well we 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 are worried about our safety, and I say well how's that possible? Because you guys are it's two officers, y'all got bulletproof vests. Utility Batman belts, you know, with you know, <laughs> with, with with guns and, and and it's just me unarmed and handcuffed, and handcuffed right. but you're scared for your safety, right? So literally, like the facts didn't matter. It's like their ideology just kind of wipes out their that they reason. They're in a war and that they are under yeah. attacks. And it's literally like at home, like you are at your house. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm literally in front of the crib, yeah, <laughs> like literally. Yeah, yeah and, man. And, and and that's and I don't like. That's your personal experience, but like that story is so not anecdotal. Like mm-hmm. that is like a widespread, pr- mm-hmm. like many people have had issues with police directly in front of their home. Like mm-hmm. when we say our community or at home, <laughs> like, like literally, it literally comes to your right front in front door. of your house. Uh, or oh, they'll come in your house if they want yeah, to. Yeah. So how do you how do you talk about that with folks in your family or not? Honestly, uh, I I always bring it back to like some point of connection, right? Uh, because especially like you know if I'm be more specific. Uh, so I don't know how that conversation goes with white families or other families, but I know like there's still like some type of like black thread I can pull together. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So it's like I, uh, you may think that you know there, uh, a common a common um, rebuttal is you don't know all the facts. Cops will say this all the time, <laughs> right? They're like you don't know all the facts. You you know you don't know what was there, what was going on, blah 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 blah, right? But then it's like. Let me present the options then. Let's say when you remember, I was you know I talked to my cousin the other day. I said, remember when we were kids, and like Auntie thought that you know you was the one that like turned up the gas stove, <laughs> but I did that shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you got your ass whooped, and I got my ass whooped. You know what I'm saying? Did you think that was right? <laughs> right? When you have wanted me to say, look, Auntie, I did that. Yeah. Don't whoop. You know what I'm saying? Don't whoop on my cousin. Whoop on me. Right? Like you was kind of heated about that. I know you personally. You was heated about that, right? Well, imagine this situation where you got people unjustly being brutalized by cops, messed up with cops. You know, you had, uh, I mean, just 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 at the last uh, kind of couple of protests, you had Malcolm London kind of arresting on trumped up charges for, for, you know what I mean? It's like, of course, you will feel angry, hurt, and sad, yeah, honestly, yeah. you know, when an injustice happens to you and then you you feel like your voice don't even matter. Yeah. Is there ever any room, because this is like the conversation I'm trying to have like with the world, especially over the last week or so, of like not just getting into the individual aspects of it or like 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 you said, the facts of uh, instance or even the ideology, mm-hmm. uh, but critiquing the institution itself, mm-hmm. right? Like the, the history of what policing is or the history of our military yeah. actions around the world and all the trauma that and violence that that has created. Is there yeah. ever any room within your family for people who relate to those institutions to have that type of conversation. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, most definitely. Um mostly because, you know, as family we keep each other in check. You know right. what I mean? We keep each other in line. And I think honestly, if I just gotta go on like a real quick tangent, I think really that is the solution, man. It's like I think families 
who have white cops in them or any type of what I'll call a white supremacist sympathizer in them hmm. need to have direct, straightforward conversations, right? At the dinner table, at the holiday functions or hmm. whatever, right? The, instead of leaving it to other people to do every, do all this stuff that we're doing now, just to even have, just now, not to, I don't even know if I'm, I, I don't even know a person, I'm even trying to have a conversation anymore. Uh, basically, what, basically, basically, white folks need to go get their cousins. Is what yeah, you I mean, yeah, 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 go get your people. You know what I'm saying? Like, go talk to them mugs. You yeah, know what I mean? Because yeah. honestly, like, I don't know like white language. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know white English. I know how to talk a certain type of way that's deemed as standard American. Right. You know In what I mean? Public, at least. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But I don't know like what to say to another white person for them to get it. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, I see I see some activists out there like Tim Wise and some other folks who are like white males using like their privilege and whatnot to talk to other white people about mm-hmm. that. And I think that's what needs to start happening. True. Like, don't come to me and my Facebook page and start, you know. <laughs> yeah, you get a lot of that. I we, get it, yeah. yeah oh, we, oh, we can, we can uh, go into LA. Now. We'll take a little break, let you catch your breath. We got some some water for Word, you. Ergo, Ergo comes with some perks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we going, man, some phenomenal things have happened since we last seen each other. And yeah. not just in the world, but in music. You want to introduce this next track? Because I'm still like mind blown. I only heard it once. Yeah, so it's like 11.30 p.m. about a week ago. And I'm in the kitchen in my apartment in the Bronx with my family. And uh, Badu drops her mixtape. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, yes. I wanted to listen to it straight through. But then I saw a featuring Andre 3000. Right, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> not the baby daddy. And so, <laughs> and so full disclosure, I skipped ahead. And I'm really glad I did. Here is Hello featuring Andre 3000, Erica Badu. You're listening to Ergo on WHBK 88.5. Here with Brian Cross. We'll be back in a minute. Enjoy the track. phone unlocked and right side up walk out the room without throwing your bitch off balance it's either on or off ain't no in between when it's valid i seem to want to talk more and more about what really matters i've seen my aura hop out my torso and hit her backwards flip watching you skip down my corridor fuck a ballot don't need shit on the side no more i just know fuck a salad i often have awesome thoughts of tossing this softer palette so when we fall any wall any stall any crawl any pause any scar any tar any dog will dissolve kill them all build a bear build them all build it where it won't fall give it all Give it my all, yeah. Don't wear any draws, any bra, any more. In it raw, in it raw. I'm in all, I'm involved. Coming law, coming on stomach wall. Kermit frog jump off London fog. Bridges in the midst of call. Girls, my woman calls. Unicorn, you my porn, porn, porn. I don't know. 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 Will this bitch click over for me? I mean, will this woman click over for me? Over for me? Over for me? Is it over for me? Over for me? Over for me? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know Is this bitch getting over on me? If I go that way, she go that with me Should I not be so open on me? Open on me, you know what I mean? Know what I mean? I don't know I don't know, 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 I don't know. Will this bitch click over for me? I mean, will this woman click over for me? Over for me, over for me, is it over for me? Over for me, over for me. I don't know, 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 I don't know. Is this bitch getting over on me? If I go that way, she go that with me. Should I not be so open on me? Open on me, you know what I mean? Know what I mean? Hello, hello, hey, hello, 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 hey, hello, 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 hey, hello, hello, 
much as I do you I take for granted that you're always there So I think what's necessary right now here on Ergo, WHPK 88.5, ErgoRadio.com, is we take just a couple minutes to do a uh, Andre 3000 appreciation, um, which is what's <laughs> been happening, happening since that song started. We'll, we'll start, we'll start with, with the special guests. I, I, we'll keep our words to a bit of them. Um, I feel like there's so much we could like, a whole conversation we could have <laughs> out of appreciating what's special about yeah. him that is outside of him. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just like. As we're processing three yeah, stacks. Like I was like I was saying during the song, man, like there's not too many MCs whose entire uh discography and work is centered around working with other people. Collaborative. You know, like that's that to me is 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 why he's, you know, one of one of one of my like personal top favorites, dead or alive, honestly. You know, it's just like in order to in order to work with other people, one, you always gotta always gotta put your stuff on the line, you know. Uh, it takes it takes a, a, a quiet amount of humility, which means that he's always learning. Yeah. You know, always learning. And as an artist, man, I, that's back to that question, you guys. Like, what kind of like rubs me off is when I see artists that are not trying to learn. You know, mm. they just they just trying to they 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 come for like they got it all figured out, got the game you know kind of mastered, and, and then what they want to do is convince us that. We should believe them that they have this thing mastered. You know what I mean? It's like, nah, man, you gotta work with the community. You gotta like collaborate. No, and nobody has it mastered. And nobody has it mastered, yeah. you know, or ever will. That but he's pretty close. Well, he, he's there. <laughs> you so, know. what is it for you as a writer that is either like inspiring or infuriating about how good he is? Like, what do you mm. hear in that that goes like, mm, what can I take from that? Oh man, uh, boldness to like step outside of the kind of like the the structure, the norms of what a rap should be, right? So like even the last song we just heard, um, but it could easily be argued that like, all right, what was that? You know, what I'm saying like, what was the 
you know, it didn't flow like a story, you know, because a lot of a lot of people, a lot of people like prose and like like stories and they raps, you know. But it was it was like a poem, you know what I mean? Like mm. it was meter to it, there was stanza to it, there was a whole bunch of things, you know, that made it work. So it breaks outside of you can't just classify that as just one thing or this one thing, right? It's like it's all these things, you know, kind of come together at once. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just like about kind of him. Um, going away from like the corporate structure of like rap being the consumable product yeah. in like the capitalist sense mm-hmm. of the word of, of hip hop culture um, and like him having that freedom um, to do things that like are dense and you have to almost like not physically read but like the same type of comprehension that you have in reading a poem the ideas are so heavy um and so and so complex, but still have a, a simplicity and a beauty to it mm-hmm. um, that I just don't think is common, it, or is is vacant from like the mainstream rap, yeah. but like the overall landscape. I think he does in a way that I have not heard or identified. Well, you made a really interesting point while the song was playing, Dame, about like as someone who's always had another person on the song, whether it's a feature or you know with Outcast, like having to consolidate. Yeah, when all, especially like why I think like our generation is like giving him a lot of credit for like the features he's been doing over the last, let's say, four to five years. Yeah. And I think part of sharpening that skill is the fact that he's always collabor- collaborated with somebody. Um, and, you know, I, I, I ex- have experienced that as well. Um, and so he's had a lot of practice of only getting one verse on a song. <laughs> um, and so I, I know for a fact it's very different of like when you want your whole idea to start it in within the, the confines of a verse. Mm-hmm. It's much different from like, oh, I'm about to write this song and I'm about to drop two to three verses with all these different bars. Mm-hmm. Um, just just the framework of, of telling a story in in one sitting, right, without breaking it up. I think he has developed that skill probably more than anybody else still doing it. So there you have it, an Andre 3000 conversational ode courtesy of Ergo. <laughs> um, but, but Bryant, um, looking at the writing that you're doing these days, I mean, what do you think are a couple of the things that you're trying to explore like in the pieces mm. you're putting together, let's say, in the last couple months? Yeah, so the biggest one is, um, if I can get on my little soapbox real quick, um, I think a, a big enemy that has not been tackled um, enough for me personally in art is the church, mm. and I'm with you. Um, if, I think, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. is that is this like a um, been a complicated road for you? Yeah, didn't, didn't you have a, a very close relationship to the yeah, church? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At one point, I was like trained to be a college pastor and everything. Right, like I was right, like you right. know in it heavy, and then I experienced you know I mean just blatant racism. You know um, that really. Um, that 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 really kind of kind of set me set me off a little bit, especially when when you when you listen to a lot of the rhetoric of racist and white supremacist uh, sympathizers, it comes from the Bible. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And it's hard. You know, a lot of people don't like don't like straightforward conversations about that because you know of their own personal commitments. You know, and they don't know how to separate their uh, commitment to. Uh, Jesus or Allah or whoever you know that higher being is for them with like critiquing an actual institution and yeah. structure system, right? Yeah, for sure. So for me, it's I've been writing a lot of poems lately about the idea that like when God 
you know, if I was, if, if I was to like take, you know, take the Bible literally, you know, when God, you know, was like, I, I need to make, make a human being in my image. He looked at ground, you know, uh, in Ethiopia and made a human being, you know what I'm saying? Like the idea that blackness is divine, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it is a reflection of divinity, uh, which also signifies why probably the world wants to kill us so much, you know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? Cause you know, based just based off the, uh, Jesus narrative, you know, you know, God comes to the world, but the world rejects him. Right. right. So it's like, the you know, look at what the world rejects. You have to find like a good image of God there as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the way that we as black people are able to love each other, despite horror conditions, the way that we're able to create something out of nothing, you know, like our create our creative abilities um, surpasses um, anybody, like any things. I mean, we made everything from the super soaker. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What's crazy on what you're talking about, like the intersection of, of racism um, and, and religion specifically. Specifically Christianity is I think in America we have an understanding that like Christianity like obviously like like slavery is an easy yeah. thing to point to has like promoted and been supported mm -hmm. by racism but mm -hmm. like what I've learned in some of my studies is trying to figure out like where the race construct even came from I can tell you um, right now Christianity did not just promote racism in a lot of ways it created it exactly um, and, and, and I think that is like well, yeah, the, the curse of Ham. You know, you ever heard? You've heard of the curse, curse of Ham. A little okay. bit. So a little it's bit. the idea I'm... that it's the idea that uh, after the flood, you know, when Noah saves, you mm -hmm. know, whatever, right? Um, that Noah was saved with his family, right? right. Um, he had three. He had three sons. Uh, each, you know, each son was of different, you know, had different, uh, different color, um, but one of them, um, Ham. Uh, was known as like his black son, I guess. If I could be more, if I could say the most redundant way, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Noah had a black kid, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and there's and there's this there's this, there's, there's, this is, uh, there's this crazy story uh, about a time when when Noah gets drunk and um, Ham sees him, and then like there's an implication that you know he 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 did something to him or tried some whatever, but uh, when Noah comes to his senses, he puts a curse on him and says, you know, for the rest you know your life or whatever I, i'm i don't know the top story top of my head verbatim but you're always going to be in service to your brother um and they call it the curse of ham and back in the day it was the idea that um the literal idea was that the minute noah gave that curse ham became a black person you know mm -hmm. that was like the, the idea and then that was kind of like the, the 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 behind the scenes philosophy of why people looked at blackness um uh, um and then thought it was evil or like you guys are cursed and then there are either black even black or like old school black people who tell you like us being enslaved was like part of a prophecy fulfillment and right. stuff like that it's real crazy it becomes a justification super easily whether yeah. it's actually like it becomes believed but it might start as a justification one thing i've always thought about noah this is just a quick side note i've always been curious what they Eight, and you think like they were not making like salami out of the two they only brought like two of every animal right but there's no way they all made it to the other side <laughs> yeah i mean we could we could really we could really go deep into the noah thing I've so, just been so in, in bringing that up i guess i guess my question um because i think it's been easy or it is easy mm -hmm. to critique the institution uh but even in your critique right like you uplift it your yeah. theology or yeah. or I'm intentional, but understand the ramifications of using the word, the mythology yeah. around it. Um, and, and so like the Noah story, for example, like, right, like historically, there's just a lot of problems yeah. with that narrative and people take it as like 
yeah. fact and truth because of like what the whole, happened. The whole point of myth is to give us a certain sense of it's reflection value of or purpose, but outside of society, like beyond society, yeah. right? It's like beyond whatever's going on right now, because of this thing or because of this belief, like I have value in some type of way. And it's very hard to unroot a thing, but it, but it's, it is easier to kind of restructure or something, right? So it's like, you may think that my black skin is a curse, but my black skin is actually a blessing. It's a, it, you know, it is a reflection of the of the divine for me. You know, so when you when you talk to me, you better recognize you talking to someone who got like God on the like on, right. on, on speed dial. Right. You know so like saying? with that being said, like even being critical of the church, you still uphold and, mm-hmm. and have and I, for, I don't want to say faith because that's loaded, but a, a belief. Yeah. Or or a trust in the the theology or, yeah. or the teaching, so to speak. Yeah. Okay. How has that wrestling process been and asking yourself questions and starting to define it for yourself? Um it's been it's been trying, man, because like I said, there's some things that people just don't want to talk about because they don't want to ever put their perspective on the chopping block because if they're wrong, then everything about them is wrong, mm-hmm. you know, for them, right? So the loss is not worth the conversation. But mm. for me, it was worth that conversation because too many things are already lost. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if 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 this ideology is killing people who look like me, right, and this is the one thing I have to find value in my own self, then I then I need to have this wrestling conversation with myself first and foremost. So it's been it was difficult for a while. And that can be an act of, uh, you know, belief or faith. Like that wrestling is not like counterintuitive to your faith. Yeah. Like that at least for me, like. So I'm Jewish and I grew up in a community that structures that belief around the act of wrestling. Like that's what my name means mm. is re- like the story of Daniel is about wrestling with yeah. God and the act of doing that. We're getting really, really serious right now. Um, <laughs> but the act of that wrestling is a good thing. Mm-hmm. That's like an act of, for me, that's an act of prayer It's the wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the way that I've, always thought about it but it, i do see like how resistant people are because it is a challenge mm-hmm. to the structure that like gives I, them meaning actually i just thought about it uh nat parker uh who played mm-hmm. uh in a few movies he played in the great, the great a, debaters i heard he's um, doing a, um a Turner, Turner movie. yeah it's called it's called the birth of a nation yeah that's right. some crazy yeah, that ain't that dope. crazy they right. just they just dropped the, some stills from the production it looked Oh, wow. man, it's, it's crazy. But in, in this story is he's a he's a uh, he's a slave preacher. Right. And and, and the, uh, the slave owners are using him to galvanize the rest of the slaves to kind of just fall in line with the slavery thing. Right. And then, you know, Nat Turner kind of flipped the script, obviously. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's how that's that's my spirit right now. Like, you know, what I'm saying like there was a point in my life where I really was on that tip. You know, what I mean, like just kind of preaching the gospel that was handed to me. You know, what I mean, until I saw the effects of it. And then it's like, I right, now it's time to like flip it. You know, what I mean, like now it's time to like really revolutionize, break down some things, and then reconstruct some things. So in a time where institutions are being challenged in a lot of different ways, um, do you think that the tools that, like that process of flipping it, do you think that that can be done, you know, using the church's tools, basically? Like using uh, standing up and whether it's, you Mm -hmm. know, from the books or not, like that form, can that be used to actually challenge it? Basically, like, can you use the master's tools there? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, no. <laughs> you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I like the concise answer up top. I look like you was about to go deep. Yeah, you know, well, first and foremost. Quick, you know, I, I thought about you, Lord, man. The master's tools can never dismantle the master's house. You know, so, um, so the answer is no. Um, but there are tools that that you can use to begin that process, right? And that starts within, and you know, at least in terms of talking about the church, and particularly the black church, that starts within their own kind of thing first and foremost you know like they need to realize you know you know lately with this whole donald trump passes endorsing him and all of this stuff you know it's interesting when louis farrakhan yeah you know when brother minister farrakhan uh wanted to have a meeting with pastors they actually told him no there was and then they and then uh pastors came out and said nobody should meet with him he you know uh you know kind of keep your distance but then now donald trump wants to meet with pastors and then he you know pastors want to jump on board right so there's clear issues of classism of different alternatives that yeah. honestly is not even in you know uh their own holy scriptures right. or even or even in the, the city in the state like pastors mm-hmm. getting browner elected to cut the services that serve their, <laughs> yeah, their congregations. Like past, yeah, let, let, or even Rahm Emanuel no, is this let's, point let's, now. Let's, let's say explicitly, like Pastor Corey Brooks sold his people and, out. And you Meeks. know what I'm saying? Reverend Meeks sold his people <laughs> out. You know, And those two churches alone got easily over 20,000 kind of people you know, uh, uh, people in it. You know, mm-hmm. And uh, recently there's been protests at Pastor uh, Corey Brooks's church You know, because he's now on the uh, tollway board with the governor um, about how he has not used his position at all to even speak or address uh, or uh, tackle any of these matters. Now, true story. I'm going to call him out because I don't care. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> true story. We all about beef here. Beef yeah. yeah. with the past. Yeah. Yeah. True story. And, you know, yeah. and, you know see, past, see, I'm being serious. In the past, in the past, I'm with you. No, I'm saying, I'm past you. Corey Brooks want to holler at me, we can rap. You know what I'm saying? Honestly. So, true story. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> we can do that. You know what I'm saying? Put down your idols. Reread your Bible. You know how just go. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so true story. I see it. Like, I randomly I'm on Twitter, right? I see a random tweet from Pastor Corey Brooks about today is bless someone else day, right? So you should buy someone a cup of coffee. Now, as I read this, I'm at Starbucks. True story. There's a homeless guy right outside of the Starbucks. I'm on, uh, I'm in High Park, like right off of... Uh, Willow. Yeah, Willow, yeah, right off of Willow. So it's a, it's a guy right. asking for change, sit like laying on the steps right outside, right? So Pastor Corey Brooks... Happens to pull up right in front of me, gets out the car, right? You saw him tweet like, this. N- n- I ain't see him tweet this. I saw his tweet, the tweet, then I saw him. You saw the tweet, then saw yeah. him. Then I saw him. So he goes in, so he gets out the car, um, and then he come, then he goes in Starbucks, comes out with a cup, right? Walk past, walk past is the guy, right? Boy gets in his car, said, Hey, 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 uh, Pastor Brooks. Now he knows my face because I helped him with some um, uh, marching, like probably about two summers ago downtown mm-hmm. over Chicago violence. So he said, hey, man, how you doing? I said, hey, man, I just read your tweet about blessing somebody else. You see this brother right here that you just walked Mm -hmm. past? He just wants a cup of coffee. I asked him. You know what I'm saying? I don't got the money to give to him myself. Well, I would. But you passed the court bus. You should go ahead and buy this man a cup of coffee. <laughs> so he looks at me. He says, man, I didn't know. You know, I don't even, I don't even, uh, what do you say? I don't even, uh, uh, somebody else handles my Twitter account. You know what I'm saying? That's what, what? he said. That's exact, exact words to me. He I said, said, he pulled, I got hacked argument yeah, over you know a saying? blessing. So, yeah. So I said, uh, <laughs> come on. I said, come G. on, brother. I said, you know, why don't you go ahead and bless this man a cup of coffee? So he does that. You know what I'm saying? But it's just one of those, it's just one of those classic examples for me of like how, it, it's about accountability, right? Yeah. And, it, and 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 all these issues, whether it's the church, and all these institutions, whether it's the church, or the police, or military, or politicians, 
or the education board it's all boils down to there's no accountability for any any of these people right so who are the ones holding these people accountable the people themselves the artists and more particularly because i want to say this because if i see one more clean shaven Buttoned up brother on CNN or ABC speaking for the people. Talking I'm, about I'm, black I'm, and black. Yeah, talking about, man. you know, or even talking about, you know, uh, these are the demands that, that Chicago wants. Oh, right. Let's be clear, okay? <laughs> the people who's been doing this work in this movement uh, uh, operate from a queer uh, and feminist right. lens, right? right. right. Uh, it's been mostly women and, and members of the queer community who have been working, who got the police records to prove it, the bruises to prove it, who got the who, who have their phones tapped, who being tailed by undercover police. I mean, these are people we know personally. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it just really, it really pisses me off to see like just these random, you know, just just hop on cameras and start speaking as if you know they the ones that have been kind of doing this work. So it's about accountability. Yeah. Accountability has to go to every. Everybody got to get it. Well, I want to talk, you know, we're, I want to make sure we have time for, you know, a couple other things. But I want to talk about that a little bit because from a distance, one of the things that was interesting to watch over the last couple of weeks was around the, um, the action on Black Friday, uh, mm-hmm. where all of a sudden there were faces and bodies that I hadn't seen doing stuff before as actively. And then the tension with, you know, some of these young organizers who you're talking about physically being pushed away from the microphone. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping, Dan, you it's, can talk it's, a little it's, about it's, that. This is difficult uh, for me uh, because, like, these aren't just people I know. Like, these are the direct people that I work with. These are, uh, this is my organization, right? That, family, that, too, that, Right? Uh, people that I, I have love for outside of, of, of just this work. Um, it was more than just being pushed away. It was more than just cameras. It was more than just attention. Like, black men actually sat down, had a meeting planned, and said that they are going to attack and punch what they called gay revolutionaries, meaning black queer women. So grown men um, assaulted women on mm-hmm. Friday, um, mm-hmm. and no one said anything about it. Um, while all those pastors were there, um, while all those Jacksonites were there. Um, preach it, preach it. And, 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 and I, you know, it's, well, no, obviously I am most infuriated by those who did the direct harm uh but it's hard to not be almost as mad as those who are complicit or complacent mm. and can watch even even if you you are homophobic which i have I, I have no tolerance for but seeing women be physically abused uh by men in a public space and to allow that which is then condoning it even though there have been people i will admit that have responded since um but the, for the fact that people knew that that was going to happen and then allowed it to happen, and then began policing the yeah. black women and telling them to calm down. Yeah. Um, so it, it was much more than just people getting in front of the cameras and the microphones, which in itself is a problem. Uh, but that's gonna happen with anything it's everywhere. De facto Pe- violence. Yeah, yeah, people are always gonna seek attention, whether it's rap, whether it's politics, yeah, whatever. Uh, but but the actual physical violence um, that has not had the response necessary to to properly address it has been a big problem. Mm-hmm. So how do we respond? I mean, what's the response right now? Since we have microphones, we have, you know, I think you said it, account- yeah, accountability. accountability. Yeah. Um, I think those um, those who directly did it um, have little, are, are, are not really uh, prepared to be fully accountable. 
But I think we as a community and not just those who are affected, not just those who are marginalized, but those who also have power and those who also have privilege. Mm -hmm. um, it is it is your duty to hold people accountable, especially if they're acting in your name. Right. Whether it mm. be as I'm coming here to this march, yeah. I'm coming here as an old head, I'm coming here as a man. Right. Like yeah. if you are benefiting from those powers of those identity, um, then, then you have a responsibility to, to hold those in your camp accountable. Amen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Dame, you tweeted something this morning about like the basically in any moment like this where there's when you're complicit, like what that actually does and the violence that that enables mm -hmm. and how if you're not active, you're complicit. And I responded um, also at the same time texting you that I had made it to the mm -hmm. studio on time, which was good. <laughs> <laughs> but I responded that even if you're active, you're complicit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and I think, I, you know, I want to, you know, let B. Cross get back in the convo. But but I think what's important about that idea of being complicit, um, if it's it, it's in systems that privilege and provide you power. Yeah. Um, if you are not in direct opposition to that oppression, then you are then an oppressor, even if you are passive. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. It's so one of the things I was thinking about was a lot of people, you know, we Chicago, right? Yeah. You know, but to the rest of the world, we Chirac, <laughs> you know, that dumb shit. I mean, stuff. Sorry. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think we lost that battle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's interesting for me is that, like, just kind of not only looking from the outside in, but from the inside out is, you know, why people ask, so why y'all go so hard? about police brutality, why y'all go so hard about, you know, uh, gender violence and all stuff like that. It's because we go just as hard when kids in our own communities get, get gunned down. You know, like, mm -hmm. we have just as many marches and rallies about black-on-black -black crime, and I hate that, I even hate that phrasing, yeah, but it's, it's just, you know what I mean? It's like, the accountability piece goes both ways everywhere you yeah. know what i mean and like how the like, process of that is yeah different, whether it, it, it's a, the state or individual right yeah and you know like, and those brothers i mean they came to the celebration you know what i'm saying yeah. you know how we handled that yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. like you know you're not getting in this crowd you ain't finna we ain't finna allow you up in here let you ready to have a conversation he wanted he didn't want to have a conversation so he left right. you know what i mean so that's the way you know we, we that's why i don't believe in police you know like cause we because we we police ourselves so much like you ever been to like a a, a 21 justice. pickup game on the court <laughs> yeah right you right. know what i'm saying like dog. ain't ain't no rules ain't no ref i mean it's this rules but ain't no referees ain't nobody monitoring you know what yeah. i'm saying it's just like literally you just got to know the rules and everybody holds themselves accountable to the rules you know what i'm saying yeah so. and i've seen i've seen you um Kind of articulate some of those ideas. You're you're one of the one of the brave people who's willing to write Facebook posts still, <laughs> <laughs> and that's a something I applaud you for. But it's something I'm not taking on as much um, because just it, it's so dispiriting. Yeah. But you know, one of the things that I've read your words on, you know, is this challenge of like, you know, the the terrible argument of like, well, why isn't everyone upset when someone gets gunned down by someone who's not police? Mm -hmm. And it's like one of your main points was first off, they are mm -hmm. like you're it's the same thing as when someone says like, well, we need to have a conversation. It's like, no, the conversation's happening. You're just not listening. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. if you, if you want to see it and you, you're really looking and you're being honest, mm -hmm. it's there. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and I want to speak to that point specifically of like, it's ridiculous, right? Like in, let's say like, what, what is it? The declaration of independence, or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's not the the duty of the citizens to hold their neighbors accountable, right? It's right. the duty of the citizens to hold their society and their government accountable, right? right? So how you respond, you can't protest people, 
right? Like right. You, can, you, you can try to make your society less violent and you yeah. can try to have restorative processes. Mm-hmm. But I can't go out and protest a person. Mm-hmm. I can protest mm-hmm. the the state. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that in itself is like a ridiculous argument mm-hmm. uh, because protesting people is not going to make any change because they don't have power. Exactly. It's about power when it comes to like <laughs> organizing. Yeah. Um, you want to do uh, Let Me School You as we move yeah, yeah, through yeah, toward yeah, the yeah, end? Yeah, yeah, as, as I'm uh As I'm pulling it up, I'm going to explain two things. One real quick, off the top of your head, if you had to choose beef with an R&B singer, who would it be? R. Kelly. All right, bang. That was the first one. I, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Off top, we needed that. Now, we have another game, right? <laughs> um, nah, <laughs> F.R. Kelly. Yeah, real yeah, quick. I mean, we already, we already got out of conversation. Just easy. All right. Um... We play this game, and I and I'm interested to play this with you. You know, we 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 center youth on, on this show, uh, and so while doing that, we also want to impart knowledge, right? But also challenge our guests, right? So you can either school some people, or you can get schooled. Is what's I'm, gonna happen. I'm, I'm, so knowledge I'm, is gonna happen regardless. I want both. So we play a game where we play an old school track, and we dig in the crates, right? We don't just play like Al Green, Love and Happiness that right. everybody know. Uh, Maybe a song you heard before, may know the words, but we try to test if you know the artist and you know the name. And the name of this game is called Let Me School You Youngin'. Okay. Right? So what we about to do is play a track from the 80s. This is actually, um, mm. there's some significance to this track, and we could talk about it afterwards. I don't want to give you too too much clues. I feel like you're an old head, almost a little bit. <laughs> um, I feel like you're, you know, you're also a well-studied man, so I have faith in you. All right. You know what I'm saying? And, and so you might qualify to win some. We'll, we'll man, figure that out. We I have a lot disappoint. of prizes on the prize for. <laughs> I hope you don't disappoint. But me. it's it's a win-win because then you learn. I, something. I get schooled either way. So here we go. Let me school you, youngin. So how how you feeling? How you feeling? You struggling? You struggling? I'll even I'll even give you a clue. Before I give you a clue, I'll let you know that uh you you know how on the radio they qualify. So for those so listening, I got no shame. So you enter in you enter to win, you qualify, um you could qualify to win um, a month's supply of, of creased uniform pants from a superintendent. Word. McCarthy since he since he's not gonna need it no more. <laughs> so you get all them pants that he Word. got that he got coming his way. The dry, uh, the dry cleaners yeah, are yeah. furious. With, with that like patent leather strip on the side, that crease, that hard, hard Dang. uniform crease. So I'm gonna even give you a, a hint. Uh, 
I don't like that one, by the way. I'm going to give you a hint. Purple Rain. I can't say <sighs> no more words. Come on, man. I can't say no more words. And this is unfair. This is an unprecedented that was, uh, that hit. Was, that this was, is an unprecedented hit. Do you think you have the name of the song and or performer artist? Uh, Prince. I got you. <laughs> you fell for the trick bag. It is actually Morris Day in the Time with Jungle Love. But they were the, in the movie Purple Rain. And that Word. is why the song and the group is famous. Word. So you have been I, schooled. I've been schooled. Man, I'll take I, it. I, I appreciate the I'm going to let y'all know. Y'all tweet me or Facebook me talking about how did you not know that? I'm going to be like, so? <laughs> I got no shame. You got you got schooled and bamboozled at the yeah, same time. Yeah, you got tricked and schooled at the same and time. Adding schooled. insult no to shame. injury. <laughs> um, so we, learning. Before we get out of here, um, you want to uh, bless the people with uh, with some words? Yeah. Um, We've well, been doing that all hour, but maybe some like words in verse of some sort. Yeah, this is actually a poem I, um, I just actually uh, finished up. And um, it doesn't have a title, but it just have, it's definitely about the times. So it's just about my... Uh, yeah, so here we go. I am too angry to cry. I'm too upset to mourn. To beat my chest, for my chest is beaten upon daily. Daily news don't even tell half the story. White people say... CNN is more like walking into a movie 40 minutes late. Like, what's the plot? I don't know what's going on, but we know you're lying. We don't buy that bullshit of ignorance for white people wrote the script. Fuck asking us what's going on. How about answering to us? Why didn't you create this theater where you watch our emotions get dashed against the rocks while you say it ain't a race thing? Or blacks are blowing this out of proportion. How would you feel if a gun named older than your son, have more say on how to raise your child than you do. A 45 telling a 12-year-old how to play in the park. A 32 teaching a kid that even with your hands up, you're still bound to see fire, to feel fire in our skin. I thought hell was supposed to be after earth. Is this not the black complaint that we are tired of seeing fire, tired of feeling fire in our skin, that we want to raise our own boys and girls? That we, want to, that we want God to raise our boys and girls their new life, a gospel we could believe in. America to sing a broken hymn for the way they've broken him. Mike Brown, Trayvon, Jordan Davis, Renisha McBride, Rikia Boyd, Marissa Alexander. We want a justice system that actually provides justice. Forget a blindfold. Bitch, take a look at what's being placed on your scale. See how they tainted the evidence. Look at how our boys are being turned into hulks and demons. No more boy, no more child, just a living reason to die. We're tired of seeing fire. Tired of feeling fire in our skin. Until we're able to save our boys and girls while resurrecting the buried ones, America will always be hell on earth. Brian Cross with Man, some new that. stuff. That was That's great. Love. Thank you for sharing those, those words. And thank you so much for being here all hour. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Much love to y'all, man. You know we always rock with you. Keep rocking with us. Absolutely. Ergo, ErgoRadio.com, at ErgoRadio on everything. Cop us, uh, follow us on IG. We're uh, we're trying to get those numbers up. Oh, Damon, oh, let me get the Shameless plug real quick. Oh Absolutely. yeah, actually, we should get that first. Where yeah, can Shemis, we find Brian yeah. Cross? Uh, so all the platforms. Uh, all the platforms. All right. So Twitter, it is at, it is at uh, Quabana Foley. That is K W A B E N A F O L I. Same on Instagram. Tonight at Refuge Lounge, 
uh, me and Real Talk, we're hosting a poetry slam. Uh, it's going to be 416 South Clark uh, Refuge Lounge for 8 o'clock. Be there. It's going to be packed out wall to wall. Shout out to Lakeisha. I know you're listening. What's up? Uh, love you very much. Shout out to the family. Shout out to Chicago. Shout out to everything black and beautiful. And all that <laughs> turn love, up. You know love. what I'm saying? We appreciate Put having y'all here. <laughs> we appreciate all y'all for rocking with us as always. Much love. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>